building better relationships at home and at work for people who have more than enough on their plate. Two coaches dangling the possibility of finding joy in your relationships. Do you dare to consider life can be better? Have a listen and tell us why. In this podcast episode, Angela and Patty have a special guest, Breeze Crum, a financial coach, and we will be discovering how to change mindset and relationship with money, finances, and financial systems. Welcome, Breeze. Tell us and the listeners a little bit about you and your background in the financial arena. Well, hello, everyone. Yes, I have worked in financial services for over 24 years. My career has been in compliance and supervision primarily, and I also spent some time in operations and sales. And all of this experience exposed me to so many things when it came to wealth management. I decided about 12 years ago that I wanted to be a professional coach, and I wasn't quite sure exactly what niche I wanted to zero in on. But I always knew that I wanted to motivate and mentor others to live their best life. And kind of being in the industry that I've been in, it's kind of led me to this. Like a lot of people with the pandemic last year, I think a lot of us just kind of seized the opportunity to go for something that we had always wanted to do. And so I decided to turn my passion into a reality and start my own business with personal finance coaching. I'm a certified professional coach, and I also have completed financial coaching master training, and I'm also a licensed professional in my industry. But even more to that, you know, personally, I actually really know from experience, you know, what it's like to grow up without the support of understanding how to handle your personal finances. I, like many other people, I had to kind of figure all of that out on my own and do a lot of stumbling here and there. And, you know, so I think of those personal experiences and my professional experience and putting all that together so that I can help others live their best life, financially speaking. I always talk about wanting to um, help others achieve a positive money mindset and achieve financial freedom through financial coaching. Breeze, can you tell us a little bit about what is a financial mindset coach? Sure. A financial coach improves the money management skills of their clients, as well as helps them work towards financial freedom and wellness. And I'm just going to give you a few examples of what a financial coach can do for you. They look at studying your spending habits, take a look at money that is coming in and what is going out discuss your financial goals with you, your why behind being financially more fit, develop a plan to accomplish your short and long-term goals, provide you with the tools and motivation you need to stay consistent, kind of help you get out of your own way and stay the course, help you work through your emotional money traumas so you can heal from them. And I think for me, above all, a financial coach's mission is to teach clients how to have a healthy relationship with money so that it doesn't control their lives. I love that term financial wellness. I haven't heard that before. And Breeze, can you explain what is a money mindset? 
Yes. So a money mindset is the unique beliefs and attitudes you develop about money. These mindsets can stem from your environment, influences from your family, friends, and other areas as you navigate through life. And your views will also drive decisions about managing money. People who have a healthy mindset towards money have a few similar characteristics. They see money as a tool to accomplish things. They don't compare themselves to others or worry about what others have. They believe anyone can learn how to properly manage money. They know their financial goals are obtainable with a plan. And of course, that's only scratching the surface of traits of a positive money mindset, but you can kind of see where this is going. People who have a negative money mindset are living a life in fear of money. This could be where you may think that you will never have enough and that you'll be unable to reach your financial goals. This affects how you manage your money and if you'll put any effort into improving your situation. For example, if you live paycheck to paycheck, but do nothing about it and continually be down on yourself, you will continue to live paycheck to paycheck. If you believe that, then it will be true. Another example, you know, if you grew up poor, you think you'll always be poor and it does not have to be that way. If you believe in yourself and change your mindset. Breeze, in your experience, what is the biggest challenge people have with finances? Well, being in denial about their future. So working with young people, they don't envision getting older. So they have a hard time even thinking about retirement and that the choices they can make today can impact their future financial goals. And working with older people, they're definitely more aware of this because, you know, as we age, we naturally become more aware of our mortality. But if they had not saved money or have a healthy budget or have a lot of debt, they look at it as it's too much of a burden to overcome. So they do nothing. So they think, why bother? So it's interesting that both age groups, I kind of see the same mentality. You know, one, I never think I'm going to get old, so I do nothing. And the other one is, I know I'm getting older, but too much has happened, so I do nothing. Uh, I can understand that. (laughs) (laughs) What are some strategies on how people can change their relationships and their mindset with money for the better? Ah, so... You know, the first thing I think of is, you know, believing in yourself, which can apply to anything that you want to change. Right. But if you want to change, you have to believe you can do it. And I think that's half the battle. You have to make the commitment to financial stability, visualize how you will feel if you have financial stability, what will it do for you, for your relationships, for your future, how will it feel to have options in the future and different choices? taking one bite at a time. So one of my proudest accomplishments is completing my college degree. I ran around for some time with just an associate's degree, but I knew I wanted to complete my bachelor's degree, but without the debt. So starting was the hardest part. I could have easily given up, but I kept asking myself if I wanted to be this age or that age without the completed bachelor's degree. And the answer was always no. I worked full time and I didn't want debt. So I just paid as I went. I took a couple of classes at a time instead of overloading my schedule. And I knew that by chipping away at it, I would one day have that degree. And I eventually did. So don't overwhelm yourself 
because when you overwhelm yourself, you tend to do nothing. So take one little bite at a time and you'll eventually get there. Stop focusing on what others have. You're not them. You never will be. Focus on how you can live up to your fullest potential with the gifts you've been given. Really hone in on knowing the difference between needs versus wants. Like I love makeup. I love going to the Ulta beauty store, but really how many shades of coral eyeshadow do I really need? (laughs) I mean, right. Um, And, you know, another one is to take a pause, which kind of goes with the needs versus wants. When you're feeling like you want to purchase something, take a pause and think how it will make you feel if you buy it. Will it impact your finances negatively? Will it keep you from paying an important debt? And will it really bring you the happiness that you're looking for? I love that. I think we can all, that resonates with all of us in some way. Yes. (laughs) The pause instead of the impulse. Yes. Take a couple days to think about it. Do I really want this? Do I really need it? What what, is it going to get me to where I want to be financially? Right. If it's going to have too much of an impact on you, it's probably a good idea to just not do it for now. Yeah. Interesting. I resonated, Breeze, like when you described at college, you were having a question moment or a a contemplation about really, do I want to finish this course? Do I want to finish this degree? And you asked yourself a question. Because normally I find, well, I I remember myself at that age, I think I was just completing it because I thought my parents or my peers expected me to. I never really thought about what you just said about asking myself, do I want to finish this? And if the answer is yes, then how do I take action? So in, in light of like younger people, you mentioned that they may not think about their mortality, which is good. But uh, how, how else could we mentor and encourage good money habits with our children, teenagers, and young adults? Definitely start with teaching them the value of the dollar. You know, when I was growing up, I was taught about earning money as young as the age of eight. This was, of course, done by giving us chores. We would get paid either with money or we could purchase a little something at the local store. I can remember my mom would offer to pay me $10 to clean the entire basement, which was a huge thing, um, or $25 to stack a pile of wood, a huge pile of wood in the winter. I would save my money in a little piggy bank and then use it to go buy something fun. When I was a preteen, I loved purple lipstick. I'm a kid of the eighties. We loved all those fun little colors. Um, I loved being able to take my money and go buy my, my lipstick. And then I would put the change back in the piggy bank. I remember enjoying having the full piggy bank so I could just do more chores to replenish my money. I remember having a huge sense of pride in making my own money, a characteristic that I honestly, I carry to this day. Parents can also talk to their kids about money by discussing the bills. I recall I got the mail one day and there was a bill in it. And I asked my mom what, what that was. And she said, it's a bill. And when you get one, you pay it. If you cannot afford something, you should never buy it. So this was very basic information, but it really stuck with me. My mom also talked to me about credit scores. She made a point to us to be careful with it. 
Don't overextend yourself. Credit cards are not free money. You're just delaying the payment. And a lot of times with lots of interest in those cases. So if you don't pay your bills on time, it can affect your score, which can affect you when you need to make larger purchases like a house or a car. So having little conversations here and there with kids, implementing the chores and earning money for doing them, having the discussion of needs versus wants are just some of the ways that parents can begin to set their children up for success when it comes to understanding money and having a healthy relationship with it. Great. Yeah, I like how you keep saying that healthy relationship. We talk a lot about healthy relationships with our food or exercise, but a healthy relationship with money is very valuable for our children. And Breeze, how has the pandemic changed the way we look at money or the mindset around money? Gosh, I feel like the pandemic has changed our mindset around so many things for sure. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it, it really, it wasn't only, you know, scary from a health standpoint, but from a security standpoint, and in many ways, it still is scaring many of us, you know, it's just sort of spilled into everything, job security, financial security, emotional security, it's impacted relationships. I've seen many people, you know, chose to evaluate their current financial situation and determine if there were some things they could do to make their life more comfortable. This could be where they refinanced their home for a lower rate. They paid off their car and didn't buy a new one instead of trading it in for something else. You know, many people decided to finally go do the things they always wanted to do, like take on a fun side hustle in hopes of one day turning it into something more lucrative. You know, some have decided to change careers, you know, go do something that they're passionate about. Life is just too short. And the pandemic really made many of us, myself included, see that. And in my opinion, I feel that there have been some positives from this pandemic. It allowed us to change our focus and mindset in a positive way. I feel it, you know, without the pandemic, I wonder if we would have changed what we were doing and taken a chance. I wonder if, you know, if people would not have bothered with refinancing their home because they're thinking, oh, you know, I've got time. Let's just put it off. Another thing to put off or looking for alternatives with their career. You know, I'll just stick with this. This is comfortable. You know, it's the devil I know type of thing. Um, Or even not even taking on a fun little side hustle, you know, developing a whole new skill set that could eventually make you some extra money on the side. So you know, now that the world is kind of opening up again, more jobs are available and people are getting the courage to get out there and find something they deserve, whether it's for financial reasons or not, you know, maybe they worked in a very toxic environment and have realized they don't have to take this. <laughs> there just may be something more awesome out there. And so I think that the pandemic has helped change many people's mindset from so many different perspectives and, and not just, just the money perspective. Wow, you hit it all. You really hit it yes. all. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It, there really has been so many places that this has impacted all of us. So, um, yeah, so many. I, I noticed that just being at home, you're saving money on gas, you're saving money on eating out, you're saving all of in so many different ways with 
not driving to work, doing yes. the commute. Breeze, why is it important to understand your money mindset in relationships? And how does understanding your money mindset help your relationships? Oh, you know, money affects relationships in such a big way. It's still one of the main causes of divorce. In my opinion, it is very important to discuss this early in the relationship. You know, I think just as my mom had discussions with me as a parent to a child, I think it's equally important partner to partner, you know, understanding how you both feel about money and your relationship with it can be key to overcoming obstacles in the future. I remember the first date I went on with my husband. I asked him what his credit score was and I was, <laughs> I was 24 years old and <laughs> well, that was important to you. It was so important. Um, yes. he looked at me like I was crazy, but yes, <laughs> I, and I asked this because, you know, that score to me at this time, at that time was an indicator of if you were good with money or not. It was important to me to know if he was reckless with credit cards, you know, did he pay his debts on time or not? Was he extravagant with his expenditures that really couldn't afford them? I wanted to be with someone who valued and respected money the same way I did so that we, we could be more on the same page and have a good chance of achieving our goals. Now, he did not know exactly why I was asking that question because it was a first date. And luckily he thought it was funny that I asked that question and thought it was because I was in the finance field. So I kind of, I kind of got away with that one. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's also important to understand the mindset around money because it goes well beyond a credit score or a savings account. This comes into play because having a poor mindset can lead to missed opportunities. So like, if you want to make more money, what positive changes are you doing or willing to achieve that? Simply accepting what you make and thinking you will never make more is not going to help. You can, this can actually lead to stress in the relationship. And so I want to give an example of when I was laid off during the economic recession in 2009, I remember not being too worried, <laughs> which was crazy because <laughs> I was in a very specialized field um, and I don't live in the biggest city around. Um, I actually felt like this was going to be a fun challenge for myself. I knew I would have to not only find another job, but I wanted to find an even better one. I looked at this as an opportunity. This has been a mindset that I've had since I became an adult I always believed in myself. I would always tell myself not to focus on the things I don't have. Like at that time, you know, I was still working on completing my degree. You know, I wanted to impress them with what I have at this moment and it's all going to be fine. We'll be fine. And because this was my mindset around money and staying focused on what I wanted, it was not as much of a stressful time on us. And I wish I could say that that was all it took was that. But honestly, it was because we had a conversation in the beginning about how we feel about money, what our relationship is with it, and that we both believed in not overextending ourselves. So we had planned from the beginning to never live beyond our means and live on one income if we needed to. 
So making those choices and having those discussions prepared us and gave us the confidence to handle that challenge of being laid off during kind of a horrible time for you know the, the country, the whole world. You know, life is, is gonna throw you curveballs. Having the open discussions in the beginning about what you want for your future from a financial standpoint with your partner can help you um, minimize or even eliminate the negative impacts as a result of those curveballs. That was really helpful about um, sharing. Well, a lot of things were helpful. Sharing how in a couple, having a conversation about in the future, potentially living on one income versus the expectation both of you have to provide. I think I've seen a lot of couples uh, without that conversation, they both assume both partners assume they have to provide financially and they never actually have that conversation. If it's too hard, maybe we can just go to one income because they have this expectation both people should be providing. But actually they could take the pressure off the relationship if they just had that conversation. So Breeze, what are negative impacts on a relationship when you don't have awareness around your personal money mindset? Do you have any tips on how couples or adults at work or as friends can bring up their money mindset and talk about it freely or creatively? <laughs> sure. So I think the most negative impact that I've seen with couples is the resentment that builds up when one is in the dark about the finances for so long. There have been instances where one is the primary handler of the finances and doesn't share information with his or her partner. So the other person is totally unaware of what's happening in their finances. They don't even know the passwords to get into the bank or the investment accounts. So taking this back seat, which I have seen be very typical with females, can lead to resentment over time and can ultimately break apart the relationship. So some tips for couples, and I have done this myself. So I, I'm, I'm, you know, walking the walk here. Have a financial date night. You can do this once a month. It doesn't have to take long, you know, maybe a half hour, call it something fun, like cocktails and spreadsheets, or <laughs> maybe do this on, on a Friday once a month and call it finance Friday. You can spend a little bit of time going through the monthly spending and budget while enjoying a glass of wine or whatever you want before going on a date. I personally handle the finances in our household. And I make sure that every few weeks or sooner, I inform my husband of, of what's going on. We also always have discussions before making purchases beyond the normal, you know, routine purchases like groceries or like a quick run to Home Depot. Um, but it's good to do this not only in the spirit of transparency, but it can also help keep each other from purchasing something we really didn't need. <laughs> so kind of keep that needs versus wants in check as well. I really feel that you know, money and finances, it does not have to be serious. You really can make it fun. And, you know, some tips I recommend for everyone, avoid FOMO. You know, again, don't worry about what other people have. You're not going to be them. You never will be them. Stop comparing yourself to everybody else. You know, it's just be you work with what you got, you know, take steps to improve your situation one bite at a time. Surround yourself with people who don't make you feel bad or less than about where you are. 
you know, really believing in yourself. You know, if you don't believe in yourself, things will never change. You can have more control than you realize to improve or change your circumstances. Again, just by taking it, you know, one step at a time. As for friends and family, I actually do this and I have them do this with me as well. Um, share ideas about how you're able to positively change your finances. Think about those subscriptions you have, you know, get rid of the ones you don't watch. Ask yourself if you really need Hulu, Disney, HBO Max, Netflix. I mean, really, do we need all of those? <laughs> um, you know, you might find that you save yourself, you know, 10 or even $20 a month. I went through my own finances recently and found about a hundred bucks I could save per month just by cutting back oh. on a few things. I know, right? I was very excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that that may not readily seem like a whole lot of money, but it is because it adds up. You know, you think about a hundred dollars a month adds up to 1200 a year, which turns into $6,000 in five years, which turns into 12,000 in 10. It all counts. You think about your grocery bill, make a list, stick to it, download apps that have coupons or reward you after you spend so much over time. This is my favorite one. Cut back on going out to dinner, or maybe you don't even need to cut back on going out to dinner. Maybe just skip the appetizer or don't have that second cocktail. I mean, alcohol is so expensive. And you can also look at it like I might not just save money, but also I might cut back on some calories. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's lots of, you know, little things that, that you can do here and there, and it, it just starts to add up. Or try the special and you might like what you try something new. You try a special drink that's on sale for three bucks instead of your $7 drink, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. So I think about um, Starbucks is a great example because people love their coffee and they love their little specialty coffees. And so, you know, I remember working with someone who went to Starbucks five days a week. So every morning before work and they spent $5 and some change every morning. So that's about $32 a week that they were spending on coffee. So, you know, I always feel like, you know, we should, we should feel like we want to have some indulgences in life. We should feel like, you know, Hey, I work hard. Let me enjoy myself a little bit. So some things that people can do too, is don't just cut back completely or cut it out completely. You could say to yourself, all right, I'm just going to go to Starbucks, you know, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So now I've cut my bill to, we'll say about 17, 18 bucks a week. Or you could say, you know, I'm going to do the Pike place coffee. That is $2 and 89 cents. Clearly you can tell what I get. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to do that, you know, Monday through Thursday. And then Friday, I'm going to treat myself to the fun drink. And then that will also just add up to maybe 15 or 16 bucks. But what they've done is they've saved themselves, you know, almost $17. And again, when you multiply that, so what does that turn into? So is that $68 a month, 70 bucks a month that you've saved just by cutting back, not cutting out. So just taking the time to really think about like, what are some of the little habits that we have 
and how we could cut out a couple dollars here and there and how it can quickly add up to to some some savings and then it it, it really does make you feel great because you're like wow that didn't take much effort at all that was very easy i didn't miss it at all breeze as you were talking uh i realized something about my own relationship how i haven't been as supportive to my partner who's trying to have a conversation with me about money because sometimes he'll start talking about how much money he's made over the year and he's come to me with the numbers and started to say look how much money I've made and I realized at that time I was like saying to him oh yeah yeah you've made a lot of money that's great why are you telling me about that I've sort of just shushed him and told him to go (laughs) off and why are you telling me that I was and I've missed this opportunity to actually have a conversation with him and why is he excited about that money and then perhaps maybe some other goals he might have around that and I did ask him why is he sharing it but I sort of said it in a very sort of dismissive way and that reminds me of a personality profile that my teacher Harv Ecker gave us he gave us four personality types and one of the types is the monk and the monk personality around money is that I'm above all of this I'm above money money is so mundane and I think sometimes I like talking about money when it's creative but when people talk about money in a way that's important to them I'll dismiss it like yeah whatever that's that's your thing it's not mine and that's my monk personality type and then the second personality type is the avoider which goes back to breeze what you were sharing about those people who live paycheck to paycheck and never address how are they going to change their money situation and then the final two personality types I think we're very familiar with because this was my parents one is the spender which was my mum, and one is the saver, which was my dad. And my mum and dad always had great fights about this. So I'm wondering if you can tell the listeners about what to do if they are finding that they're fighting or struggling with their partner over, you spend too much money or you save, you're always, you're a Scrooge, you never spend money. Because <laughs> I know that's a big one for the divorce couples and not even divorce but just problems that couples have and I'm wondering if you could share your insights on that and any tips so I I I was kind of smiling a little bit because I was thinking back in the early part of my relationship with my husband I was more of like the and I never really spent frivolously but I was the spender more of a spender and he was a saver And then it was funny. It was like probably about 10 years, 11 years into our relationship, we flip-flopped and he became (laughs) more of like, let's save more. Or I became more of, oh, we need to save way more. And then he was like, you know, life's too short. Let's spend more. So we really had to do some serious adjusting with that. And it, you know, it, it caused a little bit of friction at times. I think that many of us strive to live somewhere in the middle, right? You know, you, you know, and I think that that's kind of how we want to live our life. You know, anything too much of anything 
is stressful. Too little of anything can be stressful. We need to find that happy medium. And so I think that, you know, I can tell you from personal experience, and this is what I tell my clients is you have to have those goals discussions. You have to sit down and talk about what is important to you. You know, you have to, when I talked about, you know, earlier, like the financial date nights, I'm really serious about it, you know, make it fun. But in those conversations, you're not just going over the spreadsheet, the budget, you're talking about what's important to me. What do I want for myself? You're in a relationship, but you're still your own person. You know, you still have your part of your independence, you part of your life to live, you know? So it's good to continue to try to talk that out and just say, you know, this is what is important to me. This is what I feel would make me happy and have those, that freedom to be able to say that to one another and, you know, just the listening You know, I think one of the worst things, and I think this is any, in any kind of argument is, is coming at somebody and saying, you do this, you always do this. Approaching it from, you know, I feel this way when this happens, I feel, you know, not coming at somebody and saying, well, this is your fault. You know, it's, it's really not, um, it can be very difficult to really get on the same page with money, you know, and in a relationship, you know, nobody's going to be exactly the same. You know, you could, you could be great savers. And then one day you're like, you know what? I really want to get this particular big item. You know, you just never know what will change, what will happen, what you might want. The ongoing quick discussions, just finding some time to carve out. That's why I I, I like to just suggest incorporating this little date night, going on a walk together. You know, even if it's on a date night, just take time and say, let's go on a 20, 30 minute walk together. And let's just talk out you know, kind of where we think we are, where are we with our goals? You know, we said we wanted to go to Australia in two years. I'm using my example that I want to go in the fall of 2022. I've been wanting to go for 20 years. How am I going to get there? How are we going to get there? We've got to have that conversation and we've got to make decisions and choices so that we can get to that goal. So I think being, you know, we always say be kind, right? But being kind to our partner, especially, and trying to really understand where they're coming from, listening, letting them have a couple minutes to kind of explain where they are, why they feel this way. You know, um, you know, people who get excited about, you know, I made this much money. I'm so excited. You know, that's exciting. You know, it, it, to let them talk about it for a couple minutes. You know, that's what was important to them at that time. They want to have that discussion. It's also good to talk about, well, I'm worried about money. How can we overcome these worries? How can we, because there's always a root cause of all of these things that we feel. Not being afraid to have that open line of communication. And that's why I say, make it something fun. You know, try the date night thing. You know, maybe it's going on a walk, maybe it's playing a sport together, something, and then you incorporate having these little conversations as well. That was great, Breeze. I think that's a very strong way to start looking at discussions. It's not about trying to make something, you're just sharing what your experience is. And it was really helpful when you said your partner and you switch roles, switched roles, because when curveballs come, sometimes that money personality might change because you might freak out 
about the situation. So it's it's really great what you just shared about understanding where your partner's at and understanding that that will change during your life as well. So Breeze, thank you so much for sharing with us today and wanted to give listeners an opportunity to understand what kind of services you provide to help people with money. Yeah, so I offer um, one-off coaching sessions and I offer also offer packages of four and eight sessions. My one-off sessions, my one-off sessions are based on, you know, a laser focus. So maybe there's a big item that one wants to really talk about, you know, buying a home, for example, selling your home, buying versus leasing, talking about, you know, my student loan debt. So focusing on one issue, we, you know, that's something that I can do in in a one-off session. But I really like the packages. And the reason that I do is because packages are designed to help you get to the root of the problem and then take the steps to change the mindset and the habits. And you can do that through ongoing sessions. It's transformational. You know, it didn't take you overnight to get to the situation that you're in. It's not going to be overnight to get out of it and change that mindset. So it takes some time. So, so that's why I like to offer those packages. And my goal is to help people not see me forever. I want to help them get to a place of self-sufficiency. I want them to achieve financial wellness. You know, I always say, you know, money does not bring happiness. It brings options. That's what it does. It creates choices for you. That's powerful. I love that. Can you just say that again? Money doesn't bring happiness. It brings options. And creates choices. And creates choices. Yes. Yeah. Reese, can you give us your information, how we can contact you and your website? Sure. So um, my website is findyourfocuscoaching.com. And I also have a LinkedIn page, but, uh, you know, my information on contacting me is on my website and I also can be reached at breeze at findyourfocuscoaching.com. Thank you, Breeze, for joining us today. It was such a pleasure talking with you about money mindset. Any last comments before we close? Oh, I just want to thank you so much for having me as a guest tonight, I really, really appreciate that. You know, I really do have a passion for helping others succeed and live their best life. So I really thank you for for giving me the opportunity to talk about it. You're welcome. And we'd love to hear the listeners thoughts about this episode topic. If you enjoyed the podcast, how about becoming a monthly supporter? Click on the support button in the ECHA app. Thank you so much. For listening. Thank you for listening to Building Better Relationships with Angela and Patty. Send us a message and please like or share the podcast or donate with the Anchor Donate button. We really value your feedback.